of the condo expert and you know we're talking about module home communities there's actually a difference between the module homes and also the mobile homes and today we're speaking with Richard Brackenberry talked a lot about module homes so we'll get a little bit into mobile but first I understand that you have a bit of a shout out because there's such an expanding network of module home communities you know you could be looking at maybe home sale dealers or tradespeople that could install, you know, the module home. Can you give me a bit of an idea of what it is that you're looking for, like as far as tradespeople? Uh, yes, actually, that's an excellent question. You know, uh, trade skills we'd be looking for is someone who has uh, carpentry, drywall, taping, somebody has a plumbing background, general, just general overall construction and the understanding uh, of such. Uh, they'll be able to do some of them. Sometimes we're requiring two-car garages, three-car garages, decks, a lot of the accessories that people might might want to do, expanding into outdoor living. Uh, tremendous opportunities uh, as a career, as a home set and installer. If you're driving down the 401 or the 400 highway, you're likely to have spotted at some point a wide load modular home going down the road. I've actually seen them. I, you know, I looked at them and thought, oh, okay, isn't that cool? I wonder how they did that. And that was it. And then I kind of forgot about them. But I, it just opened my eyes tremendously when I met everybody at the uh, International Home and Garden Show. Yeah, again, our resource for trade is diminishing. And there's not a lot of young uh, men and women going into it. And that's part of the reason that the factory-built home is becoming popular because it is giving the consumer a choice in a supply that formerly was not available to them. For example, if you've got less carpenters out there, you can appreciate that you're going to have less choice, less flexibility, and uh, prices will be higher. Mm -hmm. This, when they're built in a factory environment, they're controlled, they're inspected. You know, I've had tapers tell me that they have a heck of a job when they're in there trying to make things straight after the uh, truss has been sitting outside in the snow and the wet and the sleet and uh, they're all warped and twisted. Mm-hmm. Well, you especially, know, uh, I mean, over this last anymore. winter we've had, I yeah. can just imagine if there was any construction material out there during the last few yeah. months. I mean, we've had, uh, we're like we're living in Alaska, aren't we? <laughs> and, and the business opportunities could be those that are looking to convert their parks mm-hmm. into something like an 11-month season or uh, generally it's easier to go 11 months than a full season, and many people are happy to be uh, snowbirds uh, for one or two months of the year. And uh, so they can develop and upgrade their existing parks, and we work with them in that uh, regard too. We upgrade the uh, accommodations and build community centers and life. We make it more of a resort lifestyle community. Well, you know, while you're talking, I was thinking that So really, if you think about module homes, I mean, you can take the word home out of there and you can actually bring offices in there too. I mean, if there's doctors, lawyers, and uh, they have a lot and they want to open up a business or practice, they could easily choose the design that could cater to that style, not necessarily have, you know, the old-fashioned store with the apartments above and, you know, more of that or even a, um, you know, a commercial building. They could actually go for, because I know my own doctor, as a matter of fact, he has a house in a residential neighborhood and he's zoned, he's on a main corner of, uh, of an intersection. He's got the joint residential commercial zoning, so he's able to run a business practice there. 
sure, the old saying, you make your money off your business, you retire off your real estate. Well, and absolutely. If were, and if you were uh, doing a converted dwelling versus a purpose-built dwelling, you're going to get more efficiencies, you're going to get a better flow, you're going to get a better overall uh, satisfaction from the product. And, again, you're not getting premiums. This will really work well for dentists. They have a high cost on a site where we can coordinate and build it in the factory, whether mm-hmm. electric and, uh, and so on. So we do dental office, doctor office, real estate office, accounting firms. We're very flexible. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that would be ideal. You know, you mentioned about tradespeople. You know, it's interesting. Uh, last week, I was actually showing some property in the beaches, and some of the homes over there are very old, as you know, and you're yeah. getting plaster walls. You don't even get drywall. I mean, you're getting plaster. And then, of course, you see crown moldings, and you know that they were hand-done, I mean, I don't even think there's anybody out there anymore that can even do that kind of workmanship. I mean, they're hand-done crown moldings and plaster and, you know, and then they had the different designs uh, where the light fixtures were. But you can tell, like, it's it was all hand-done, whereas, you know, the minute the changeover to drywall took effect, I mean, that's yeah. exactly where all the builders and all the construction started to moving towards was drywall, taping, sanding, finishing, you know. Certainly, the art of handing down the secrets and implementation of the trade is gone by the wayside. Oh, I think you're right. Our youth wakes up in the morning not thinking about getting up at 5 or 6 o'clock to be on the job site Mm -hmm. at 7, pounding nails. They don't want to do it. They haven't been trained for it. They don't have the mindset for it. Yeah, we have the demand. Well, you know, Richard, it's it's amazing that we're talking about this because I was actually in Panama City at New Year's this year. I was I combined business with pleasure. It was great and just to get away for a bit. I was astounded at the level of construction. Like we went and saw the Trump building and the amount of architectural like the concrete, the plaster that they used on there. I mean, you know, we have so much complaints going on with risk and concerns about glass condos and uh, you know, falling glass and the construction and the, whether the building permits are giving longevity to these condominiums, you know, and I think that what you're saying is, is that if we do have, you know, a shortage of trades and certainly we're entering a different type of lifestyle, you know, as children, young adults get older, a lot of them into more computer business savvy, a total different mindset from where everybody was 20 years ago. I can totally oh, sure. see where there could potentially be a large market shift. Well, from the 1800s, uh, Confederation time, you'll see certain periods of immigration that people will come from other countries and bring their skills. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as time evolves and they move from being a bricklayer to being an accountant or being a teacher or being law enforcement or whatever else they choose to do, they just get into different, uh, different careers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, you know, the old saying is is that I think a parent's dream is to have a business and then all of a sudden their children grow up and they want the children to step in and run that business. Well, lo and behold, the child doesn't want anything to do with that business. They've gone off and chosen their own career. And, you know, sometimes it does affect the household and, uh, you know, you have mother, father, and and son and daughter all following in the footsteps. But that's not always the case, and I see it's less and less as we move forward. Yeah, I would say 2008 uh, busted that myth, mm-hmm. where the big businesses uh, got down on their knees and asked for handouts to stay alive, and who knew that they were going to get it or not get it? Yes. 
Well, pretty much. Well, you know, I think that if uh, if somebody now, if we can go, like if somebody decided that they didn't want to go with the module and uh, where is the shift over the difference between where the module homes are compared to mobile homes? So the mobile well, homes are more like, is that leased land or does it make a difference between the two? Well, you can put either on. Mobile home would be something in an RV park, something uh, kind of upwards to three seasonal, but traditionally it's where they come in on May 24th weekend and they finish up at the Thanksgiving weekend. That's where your mobile homes are. Okay, okay. And then, so the mobile homes would be, they're still transportable or they're on hookups of your vehicle. They're and they stay on a frame. Okay. They stay on a frame with wheels. No, they take their wheels off and they leave the axles and they put them up on blocks. Gotcha. That's okay. the principal difference. And then, of course, the construction is different, too. It's not built for year-round. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of those come in what they call board and batten. That's a lighter uh, material on the walls, and they kind of click together. Mm-hmm. Or your modular comes with a full drywall. And then the hookups for, for water and so on aren't into the mainstream. They're just whatever the trailer park would actually um, offer you, Correct. Yes, and, yeah. and they traditionally come in like 50 amps, where the modular will come in as a 200 amp. Okay, I gotcha. And the and then uh, the, the heating will be uh, lower BTUs. The windows are a different energy efficiency. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's designed for recreational, affordable type of little cottage or RV. Well, you know, I think one thing's great is you actually have the logo for the uh, disability, and that's good. So you can have. You can have the houses customized for anyone that may be having some form of disability, so that it would uh, the accessibility would be a lot easier for them. I guess it can yes. all be part of it. So you can, you know, lower the counters and and do that type of thing. Say, for instance, if it's an owner that's wheelchair bound and can't always reach, you know, the countertops and the taps and so on. Normally, the closets, you know, that type of thing. Absolutely, and we understand that market very mm-hmm. well. Well, that's an that's a very unique market because you know we don't really have uh, any other ways to specialize that. Like if you're if you're going into a a, lo- a normal kind of subdivision, and you make those kind of changes in that subdivision, I would imagine that you're going to be paying an awful lot of money, as opposed to ordering a, a module home and being able to have it done at specs level. And, and often the, the big thing when you're getting a home built is what they call change orders. And change orders are never <laughs> um, free. They will cost you. So if you start getting into it and you think you're going to spend $200,000 and you decide you want to do a bump out here or a change out there, all of a sudden you're up $50,000. Exactly. Well, it can up pretty put- quick. <laughs> Oh, it, it does, and <laughs> you got nowhere to go because you've only got one guy that's going to price that for you. Well, exactly. The guy who's in there doing it. And mm-hmm. that doesn't have to necessarily be the most, you know, the best tendered out competitive price. They're there. Well, I think a lot of the times is that in normal subdivisions, you know, they have a certain, they'll say, okay, these are your counters and these are your, you know, ceramics or, or uh, porcelain or granite or, or uh, whichever one it is that you choose. So you can choose your finishings, but if you start modifying the height and so on, now all of a sudden, you know, I mean, they, they hire their tradespeople that kind of fly through the house. So that tradesperson yeah. jumps from house one to two to three to four to five and basically just keeps repeating the same thing that they're doing between one to two to three to four to five. So they're not, you know, they may be customizing certain things like adding pot lights here or there, but when you start shifting and modifying the height levels and whatnot, 
I, I think that's yeah. where maybe there is some degree of confusion. Certainly, a lot more, a lot it more expensive. Happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. used to the cookie cutter. <laughs> well, you know, say. I am really, I'm really happy that uh, we were able to meet talk about this further because I think that you've given uh, the audience a wealth of information on modular homes, something to think about. And certainly uh, now what people can do is uh, take a look, especially if they want to get into maybe a secondary home, a cottage or a country home as well, not necessarily always in in subdivisions in the local communities, but it, it seems like an ideal choice for them. So I think yeah, well, that Richard... Excellent. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming you, on the uh, Condo Expert. Uh, and again... Sorry about the beat there. <laughs> oh, no, that's okay. It's not a problem. You know, again, it's uh, it's interesting because, you know, like I said, if people are really keen and in getting involved and in buying into the modular homes, there's so many great benefits for them. You can certainly fill in the blanks that we well, haven't covered you know, today. Linda, I was buying old apartment buildings. And the labor is the most inconsistent, hardest thing to find. If you've got work for somebody 350 days of the year, you're good. But if you've got two months here, one month there, one week on the other spot, it's difficult. And you'll get 10, if you have 10 different people, you get 10 different variations of quality. You get 10 different variations of reasonability and price. Right. I had a sidewalk quoted to me, and the first guy quoted me 20000 the next guy quoted me eight, and really he was the guy that was going to do it for the other guy. He quoted me twenty, and he was going to get paid eight. And then I actually did it myself for thirty-five hundred dollars. Well, I have you to know, tell you, I, I yeah, we hear so many nightmare stories about people wanting to go and get contractors, and and I mean, in the rural areas, it is a nightmare because you know it's very very hard to know who to go with. And interestingly, and we enough, never even driveways, never spoke, even never spoke to that. So that that's probably the number one. Thing. I'll go to a builder mm-hmm. and I'll say, How would you like me to eliminate 80% of your anxiety? And he and will he say, says, Really, how are you going to do that? And I say, You know what? You can use your facade people, you can use your trim and flooring and cabinet people. But what I'll do is I'll bring it to box, I'll bring it in boxes, I'll set it, you have your foundation done, and then you can get your brickies or your stucco guys or your siding, whatever kind of siding you want. You work on that, your concrete steps, whatever you want to do. I says, then you can put your trim and flooring guys in there and your cabinet. And you just, and that's your signature. Really, mm-hmm. as a builder, is what kind of facades do you do? What's your designs, your roof pitches, et cetera? And, and I said, you're already, your expensive trades are your HVAC, plumbing, and electrical. I really, when people are putting these down, I got them down to the one to $2,000. And they go between fifteen and 20000 Really? So there you yeah. go. So you've heard it here. You know, I think one quick question is, is that on driveways, because I am curious about driveways. I know in the rural area, they have the, um, what is it called? It's a reused asphalt. And yeah, it's recycled. A, recycled. That's it. Recycled asphalt. And uh, a really good alternative as opposed to the gravel and stone. And certainly not going to the huge expense of putting brand new asphalt and certainly stay away from concrete. So that seems yeah, to be but- a really great alternative. And you can do that on, the, you know, probably about 20% of the cost. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, environmental friendly and everything else. So something for people to think about as well is, especially if they're more in a rural area, it would be an ideal thing uh, to, to stay with as opposed to the alternatives. They could save some money and they'd still have a great surface. 
Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, you know, I think that uh, today's show has been incredibly enlightening, and I have to thank you, Richard, uh, for coming on the show. You've given some really great information. You really have. It's great. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. It's been enjoyable. Thank you. Well, we've listened to Richard Brackenberry. He's the Operations and Development Manager for iModular Homes. And if you want to take a look at their website, it's I-M-O-D-U-L-A-R. H-O-M-E-S-I-N-C dot com. iModularHomesInc.com. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Condo Expert. You're listening to Linda Pinizzato. Linda Pinizzato. She's not your typical realtor. She's your real estate counselor, teacher, and advisor. Whether it's a house, townhome, or condo, when you're ready, she's your negotiator. With 34 years of experience, Linda guarantees that you have the real estate knowledge you need to make the right decisions. Call Linda Pinizzato at Sutton Group Quantum Realty, 416-561-7373, or visit her at lindapinizzato.com. Hello there, it's Linda Pinizzato of The Condo Axberg. And, you know, I have to thank you for tuning in to Connect Me Radio. Every week we have the shows, you know, Wednesday and Friday nights at 7 p.m. And you can also listen to podcasts, you know, lindapinazato slash buzzsprout.com. And also iTunes, just type in Linda Pinizzato or Condo Expert. One thing I want to mention is, although the name is Condo Expert, I try to touch a lot of different subjects because, you know, one thing revolves to the next. I mean, you can talk about condos, you can talk about single family homes, you can talk about the market, the economy. You can talk about last week, it was about bugs and pest control. We've talked about mortgage financing, lawyers, the Condo Act Review, what's going on with our city hall, municipalities provincial government. Today, the episode's been about modular homes. We touched on mobile homes. There isn't a subject that I can't touch on. And if you are interested in listening to something that has tweaked your mind and you just can't find the real information, please email linda at lindapinizzato.com because this is where you're going to get the information. And it's fun, it's exciting, and at any given time, just type in condoexpert.com and it will give you the total rundown of all the shows that have been out there. There's over 200 shows. Now's the time to learn more. As a realtor for the last 35 years, I've been so fortunate to learn so many different things about everything that we have talked about, and I'm here to help you. So thank you so much for tuning in. You're listening to Linda Pinizzato at The Condo Expert. Hope to hear from you soon, and have a wonderful, fabulous day. Oh, my computer crashed. Oh no, I've got a virus. Oh, no way, no internet connection. Do you need help? Call IT Mayday, 647-977-7113, itmayday.com.